Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. For a few moments I want to speak to you. Brother Osborne and Brother Everett confirmed the word that I'm that the Lord give me this morning. So I know I'm lined up with what the Lord gave them. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, you could open them to the book of Matthew, chapter 14. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for this spirit. I want to pray for our pastor and sister Boyd that are out of town, that God will use them this morning. Also, Brother Everett Bird is going to the prisons to preach Pentecost Sunday there. And uh, really praying that God would just open the floodgates there. My, 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 I feel like he will. And he's just getting started here. I feel like the Lord's got more to do this morning right here in Hatch Bend. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. He sure does. Matthew chapter 14, starting with verse 22. The Bible says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he, went, while he sent the multitudes away. And, he, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter, Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, if that's you, Bid me come unto thee on the water. And Jesus said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Mark 6, 48 says, and talking about Jesus, and he saw them toiling and rowing, rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch, which is about 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea and would have passed them by. Would have passed them by. One version says he saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. And Peter still said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. If it's you, Lord, Bid me come. I know I'm in a mess right now. I'm in a storm. But if that's you, 
Forget all this around me. If that's you, bid me come. Bid me come. And Jesus said, come. Peter said, don't pass me by. Don't leave me here in this mess. Bid me come. And Jesus said, come. Come. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you put your Bibles down this morning, my title this morning is simply, Bid Me Come. Bid me come. Pray with me, Lord. Bid us come to you in the midst of calamity, in the midst of confusion, in the midst of brokenness, in the midst of all of this. Bid me come. Hallelujah. Anoint our hearts and our ears to hear what the Word has to say this morning. And help me deliver your Word, God. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Say, bid me come. You may be seated. Bid me come. Most of us have some degree of fear when it comes to water. Typically, we overcome those fears and conquer it. Usually with the help of our parents teaching us to swim by throwing us off a rock at Troy Springs, a 70-foot hole at a young age. This method of teaching was, was designed to break the fear of drowning. It was. This method also is illegal now, I think. <laughs> well, this is how our moms taught us to swim, being Brother Herndon and others. Our fathers were at work, so this obligation was left in the capable hands of our mothers, just slinging us off the rock right into their hands of our mothers. But one day, Brother Herndon, he stood up and took a stand against his tyranny. <laughs> And I, I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure the rest of us just looked at him and said, oh, boy, he, they going to kill him. <laughs> I mean, he stood up and said, ah, y'all not going to throw me in today. And if y'all do, I'm going to go home and tell my dad. Y'all not throwing me in this, I don't know, it was just a few seconds and all of a sudden he was drinking water. That didn't, that that didn't help him in any way. In fact, it, 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 I don't know what happened when he got home, but whatever. I'll, I'll let him tell you that story. Someone would be in the water facing a rock. A mother would be in the water facing a rock and would be encouraging us to, instead of being thrown in, to just jump in. Just jump in. Mom, come on. Mama's got you. Don't worry about the water. Don't worry about the drowning. Mama's got you. The water's dark and scary, but we understood from a very young age, I don't know how many times we were thrown off, maybe just once or twice, I don't know. But we understood pretty quickly that Mama had it. She said once, well, well whatever. And well, that's her story too, so they can tell it. Hallelujah. We are on holy ground. So... But the fear of drowning was gone because we now had faith in our mother's ability to save us. Mama's got you. Mama's got you. 
The trust we had in our moms didn't start on a rock at Troy Springs or even at birth. It was before that. In our mother's womb, we had hands we couldn't use, a voice that was silenced, ears that couldn't hear, eyes that couldn't see, a nose that couldn't smell. Together, the umbilical cord and the mother's placenta delivered all these nutrients to us, the oxygen our bodies needed to survive. It all came from the mother. The mother breathes for the baby and the oxygen in her blood is transferred to the baby. At birth, the baby hears for the first time. He comes out of here, she comes out of the womb and hears for the first time. And it's not long when the baby begins to get cold because the body, the temperature's changed. And he's here and all of this going on. And they take their first breath because their lungs inflate and they begin to work on their own, moving oxygen to the bloodstream. It's from the womb that our relationship with our mother was established. And it's the same with creation. From the very beginning, each of us were carefully created and designed by our God. He gave us value and purpose. And the only proper response to His majesty and sovereignty is reverence. Worship and praise of His beauty and greatness. The Bible reveals the true nature of your purpose. Brother Osborne was talking about this morning. It reveals the divine plan for all humanity. The Word of God brings understanding because our nature as created beings is grounded in the wisdom and knowledge of God. Our Creator holds all claims to our lives. He does. Scripture tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Just like the mountains above and the stars in the heavens, we have beauty, but we also have order. Like the animals, we live and breathe, but we have a conscience. And eternity has been placed on us. And we have freedom and liberty to choose, but we also have consequences to that freedom and liberty that we choose. When God created the world, He announced that it was good. He created man in His image after His likeness. And He gave us dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God created He Him. Male and female created He them. So the gender debate was settled on the sixth day of creation. So we can just move on from that. That's already been settled. He said it's not good. He also said it's not good for man to be alone. In His divine order that male and female become one flesh. Marry and multiply. And He gave each one of them, each one of those genders, unique qualities and giftings and purpose. And we are made a little lower than the angels. We must find His purpose for our lives. His, person, his purpose isn't a person or a place. His purpose for you is a direction. I know we've heard people say, I'm waiting for God to send me the right person to marry. I'm waiting. I'm just going to sit here and wait. Well, God gave Eve to Adam. Look how that turned out. Huh? It's not a person or a place we're looking for. It's a direction. You want to meet the right girl or boy for you? Find someone going in the right direction, in the same direction that God called you to go in. Find someone that wants to serve God with their whole heart. 
And then you found the one that God created for you. Praise God. The world is a big place and he's bidding you to come. Come into his presence. Come on that holy ground. This is your moment. You have an opportunity for greatness. Each one of us have the opportunity to live in an everlasting life in the kingdom of heaven. Our gracious Redeemer purchased us with His own blood. We are created in His image and we are bought with a price. And we must understand that we are not independent. We are not our own. That is not your body. You can't just do whatever you please. Saved or not saved, that is God's body. We glorify God in our body and in our spirit which are God's. We are to honor this earthen vessel and to be stewards of the Father's gift of life. When we come into covenant with God, we no longer have the liberty to earthly indulgences. We seek not our own will, but the will of the Father. In all kinds of storms, we, we should exhibit praise and worship to Him in all seasons of weather. Praise God in every, every situation, every valley. We should be praising and worshiping God. This was Peter's season. Excuse me. This was his season. He was stepping out into God's calling. This was his debut moment, really. This leap of faith defined who Peter was and it opened the door of utterance for the keys to the kingdom. It was at this very moment when Peter saw Jesus walking on the sea that he realized that he was the Christ. This is the Son of God. This person, this Jesus walking on the water has to be the totality of God in flesh. That is Him. That is my Creator walking on the water. He called a revelation right then and He clenched on this opportunity to step out in faith believing for something bigger. I don't think Peter had any idea what he was looking for. He just wanted something different than where he was. He wanted to come out from what he was in. Hallelujah. He just wanted something more. And he knew that Jesus was the way to that something more, to that something greater. Peter saw an opportunity in the middle of a mess during a storm to overcome his current status. He may be in the middle of a, a catastrophe, but Peter sees someone greater than his storm. Hallelujah. Greater than his circumstances walking on the sea. Hallelujah. We've got to look beyond where we are and what we're in. Hallelujah. Don't look at the storm. Don't look at the storm. Look at your Creator. Praise God. We can get so distracted by things that come in our lives and, and we, we get so caught up in what's going on that we get caught up in the creation or the storm and lose focus on the Creator. We look at the nature of the climate and not the nature of God. A God that has all power, has all authority. Before the mountains were brought forth for e or ever there has formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. From the beginning he was God and before that. Hallelujah. In the end he'll be God and after that. Hallelujah. He's always been God. He's always been on the throne. For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past. And as a watch in the night for our day, for all our days are passed away in thy wrath. 
And we spend our years as a tale that is told. We're only here for a little while. Here one minute and gone the next. And if the Lord tarry, death will come for you. Death will come for Larry. Death will come knocking on your door. We're just a tale that is told. Praise God, we can't get distracted with the news and the politics of this world. I know there's a lot of things going on right now, but we can't get caught up in that. We got to get stay hooked on Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming. These are the last days. I know. I know there's been some books written about it, and there's, they're gone now. A lot of prophecies have went forth, and they're gone. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus is coming and this generation is going to get caught up in the rapture. He comes quickly, the Bible says. Stone, Lee Stone King, Brother Lee Stone King preached at the United Nations Assembly. He was one of many that was able to preach. They wanted somebody to come there and, and, and give them some advice on terrorism and what was going on in the world's problems. And so they brought in all these ministers and, and they gave them ten minutes to speak. Brother Lee Stone King only took seven. He gave them his testimony and gave them the plan of Acts 2.38, the plan of salvation. And it went worldwide. They, someone asked later, said, how many languages was this translated in? They said, every language on, on earth. It went forth. The Bible says this is going to be preached to every tongue, every, every nation, every person. Well, I'm here to tell you, Lee Stone King did it in seven minutes. Jesus is coming. And he's bidding you to come. He's bidding you to get ready. He's bidding you to get your house in order because he's coming. Hallelujah. And when he comes a second time, that's not for the bride. Come on, somebody. We better get a hold of this because our Jesus is coming. Praise God. I don't want to be the girl or the boy that's talking on the phone with her mom. Let me back up a minute. I believe when Jesus died on the cross that that was a type of the rapture. When they stabbed him in the side and the blood in the water came out, the Bible talks about an earthquake, a shaking, and bodies come up out of the ground and went up into Jerusalem. I believe that could be a type of the rapture because when Jesus comes, the Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise first. I believe there's going to be a trembling in the earth. Everybody's going to understand that something just happened. Woo, hallelujah. There's going to be a girl talking to her mom on the phone, a backslidden girl. Come on, this is really going to happen. And all of a sudden, the phone's going to go dead. Mom, mom, are you there? Mom, are you there? And by that time, she's already felt the ground shake. Oh, this is going to happen. There's going to be a boy talking to his daddy. Dad, are you there? Dad, are you there? They're going to forget about it. They'll dismiss it for a couple of hours, but they'll keep calling. And the phone, they keep going to the voicemail. And they got to go see because all they've seen on the news is people missing. Oh, and it's already hit their heart. Oh, God. Oh, God, don't let it be so. Oh, Lord, I hope I didn't miss you. And they're going to go over there and they're going to see the phone crashed on the floor. And it's going to hit them. They missed the coming of the Lord. 
Oh, Jesus. Don't let this be your story. Don't let this be your story. Make up your mind today. Today I'm coming out of this mess. Today I'm coming out of this storm. Praise God. Peter had a made up mind that he wasn't going down with the ship. This storm wasn't going to be the death of him. He was coming out from where he was and decided that the storm wasn't going to stop him from getting to Jesus. We can't let nothing stop us from getting to Jesus. Don't let your situation stop you from coming to Jesus. He's been you to come. Oh, hallelujah. He's been you to come. I know, well, I got this and I've got that. He's saying, come, 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 come. Hallelujah. The Bible says, I open this up with this in my text, that he would have passed them by. Think about that. He wasn't even going out there for them. He was going to walk by them, give them the opportunity, I believe. And Peter and the rest saw him. But Peter responded, don't let him pass you by this morning. He's coming by you right now. You've already felt him. And it's up to you to respond. It's your moment. Today is a day of salvation. Today is the day of deliverance. We don't want to just see people get the Holy Ghost. We want to see them delivered. That's what we want to see. We want to see deliverance take place. Transformation to take place. Peter said, if that's you, Lord, bid me come. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to be left here, Lord. I don't want to be left behind. I'm not going to let my situation stop me from getting to you, Lord. If that's you, if that's you, bid me come. I was reading this and studying this, and I just thought, what would have happened to Peter when he went to step out that boat? When he went to step out, he just stopped and said, Y'all coming? Andrew, Bart, Andy. Y'all coming? Come on, James. John, you coming? He just stepped out and they just, where are you going? I'm getting out of this. I'm coming out of this mess. Peter had a vision for something beyond his ability to obtain, but he seen somebody say, hey, I know him. That's God in the flesh. And he said, come. I'm coming to him. Praise God, I'm not going to stay here. I wish you'd come with me, Mark. I wish you would come with me, Matthew. Come, come, he's bidding us to come. Praise God, come. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This opened the door. A couple of chapters later, Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And they went down the list of what they had heard. And, and, and so he got really to the question he really wanted to know. He said, well, who do you say that I am? And again, I think Peter looked around, looked at his fellow brother and said, I know where you are. And Simon Peter said, and thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I know it's you. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh, hallelujah, listen to that, and for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, Peter, hallelujah, let me tell you this, Peter, thou art Peter, and upon this rock, upon this revelation, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against a one God church. Hallelujah. 
He said, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Here's the keys. Now go preach the gospel. Woo, hallelujah. Peter stepped out and stepped right into a blessing. He didn't know that was going to happen. He couldn't have known, but he stepped out. And I'm telling you, when you step out of where you are, God has a plan for you. You're not just getting the Holy Ghost. This ain't for you. That wasn't for Peter. That rock wasn't Peter. The rock was the confession. Come on, hallelujah. Oh, saints, saints of God. The Bible says that hell, hmm, listen to this. We get it wrong sometimes. We think that gates of hell, that means that coming against the church. No, no, no. No, he don't have power to come against the church, but that's not what he's saying. The Bible says that hell has no power of the church. In other words, the, the, the gates of hell can't stop the church. Hell's gates aren't strong enough to stop a Holy Ghost-filled believer. Hallelujah. Come on, Mama. Come on, Daddy. You got some sons and daughters out there. Huh? Oh, no, 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 no. I've got the Holy Ghost. That means I have power, and you're not going to keep my son. You're not taking my son with you. You can't have my daughter. You can't have my children. You can't have my family. You can't have my increase. I'm coming in and getting mine. That don't belong to you. I dedicated them to the Lord, and I'm coming in to get my family. Hallelujah, you can't have my hunger. You can't have my thirst. You can't have my praise. You can't have my shout. You can't have my worship. You can't have my dance because that belongs to the Lord. Come on. Hallelujah. The Bible said he went away to prepare a place He's going to, for me and for you, a table. He says he's going to serve us, God. He went away to prepare a table for me and you. <laughs> where he is, there will where we be also with him. So again, you can't have my children. Who do you think you are? Who do you think? He's mad because he got one shot and God kicked him out of heaven with his angels. And he no no chance of repentance. He hates that's why they call him accuser of brother. You know what Larry did today? Let me tell you what Larry did today. Well, Larry's already repenting. <laughs> Larry's already speaking in tongues again. That just makes the devil mad because he can't do that. That's right. And he's going to continue to accuse you, Sister Chelsea. But the devil is a lie. Hallelujah. He can't get your praise. He can't get your worship. That belongs to the Lord. So the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Unity. The church was in one place together. One mind, one accord. Not separated. Not competing. Together. One mind, unity, unity. 
And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty men wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. See, they'd been there a while. They got tired. They just walked in standing, but now they're sitting because they'd been there a while. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And there was a fest. This was a festival of the Pentecost. This wasn't, Sister Cricket, this wasn't the first uh, Pentecost. This, fest, this festival of Pentecost was to celebrate the law that happened on Mount Sinai. This was to celebrate deliverance, what we're talking about this morning, from bondage. This wasn't the first Pentecost. In fact, there were over 1,500 Pentecost before Acts 2. But this Pentecost, this one, would offer grace from the law. See, the law just offered judgment. But this one, would start the really the dispensation of grace. Hallelujah. Just come. Come. I've got grace for that sin. Come. I've got grace for that. Don't worry about that. Just come. Just come. Don't worry about your hiccups. Come. Come. I've got grace. And that was what this Pentecost was for. Hallelujah. You know what else they done? They brought back the key of David. In the Old Testament, when David got the ark back, he messed up the first time, but the second time, every six steps, what they, what they do? They danced and worshiped. Hallelujah. David put worship in the house of God with singing and dancing and timbrels and, and harps and whatever else they had. We were doing it this morning and the Holy Ghost just began to move Oh, it moved all across his house because we had, we had the key of David up here. Hallelujah. And that's what happened in that upper room. They brought the key of David up there and they started singing and praising God. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance because they had worship. They had praise, not to them, but to their God. Peter had the message. He had the message. He had the keys. He had the keys. I got them here in my pocket somewhere. I didn't plan this, so don't hold it against me. He, he pulled them out of his pocket. He said, wait a minute. Hold on. I know what this is for because they come up there and said, these, these people must be drunk. But Peter said, no, no, they're not drunk. And again, he probably looked around and said, I got it. He pulled them keys out. He started preaching. My, 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 my. 3,000 people got the Holy Ghost. So that was some kind of message he preached. His first one, by the way, it wasn't a man a moment. <laughs> but it, whatever it was, it drew a crowd and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Baptized in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The music can come. Praise God. We got to have something in us. Hallelujah. Come on. We've got to have something in us that says, this looks bad, but there's Jesus. Hold on. I'm coming out. I'm coming to you. Come on. Don't, don't, don't go back. Don't leave here without going to Jesus. Don't leave here without Jesus. He's bidding you, man, woman, child, to come to him this morning. I'm not going back to where I used to be. 
I'm not going back to who I used to or was. I'm coming to Jesus. He said, come. I'm coming. I don't know what it means, but he said, come. So I'm coming. Hallelujah. Put your life in his hands. He said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. And all what? I got you. He said, I got you covered. Paul said, I prayed three times for that thorn to be removed. And God said, no. No, my grace is sufficient for thee. Paul, when he told the testimony of that, he was testifying about it. He wasn't complaining. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee, Paul. Don't worry about it, Paul. I've got you covered. I'm going to leave it there, Paul, because you need it. I've got you. Don't worry about it. You just keep doing what I tell you to do. Woo. Hallelujah. The blood of Abel cries out, avenge me. But the blood of Christ says, redemption. What? But the law said, no. The law, uh-uh. He's the law. If you're here today and don't have the Holy Ghost, I invite you to come right now to this altar. This morning is your morning. If you need a blessing, if you need a touch from God, if you need healing in your body, you need to come to this altar. Come on. Don't, don't leave here. We don't need music. We don't need music. You can come down here. Oh, the Holy Ghost. Hey, we already know he's moving. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Don't stay in the boat, Matthew. Don't stay in the boat. Come on, James. Come on, John. Come. 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 This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.